This is the Metaphysical Connections Paranormal News of the Week for January 12th, 2019, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. Jason Cousineau and I roll out the first podcast of the year talking about Tim Cook from Apple introducing iSuppository, a device that will help monitor your health that's tied to your iPhone and iWatch. We might be kidding, or are we? We also talk about the government using our desire for convenience and connectivity to monitor us and the erosion of our rights to privacy. How come we're not talking about the riots in France anymore? Is it because the news organizations have moved on to the United States federal government shutting down over Trump's wall or barrier or whatever we're calling it this week? Then we wrap up the show talking about the conspiracy theory surrounding the death of right-wing journalist Bree Payton. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Oh, one more thing I almost forgot. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. Coming soon, we will have our new line of Modern Fashion is Evil shirts, coffee mugs, and other swag. Or you can become a Patreon. Click our Patreon link for a mere dollar a month and you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thank you for all of your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. So, like I said before, thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So Jay and I are sitting here and we're doing some pre-show banter and we're talking about our relationships and I was talking about my my disaster that had occur- had occurred Saturday night and I'm not I cannot get into the details but I'm just I'm just happy to be alive Jay just want to say that and get get that you you know you and Doug now know more details than anybody else and the only thing I'm going to ask you is that is that not one of the most fucked up things you've ever heard in your life. It is. It truly is. I mean, that's. I mean, first of all, the the main event of what happened is just fucked up beyond all recognition. Yeah. But then everything else that goes along with it, the kind of after story, if you will. Yeah. Just no. That that's dude. That's fucked up. But that's seriously fucked up. One of the great things about events like this, and I, I will just say that. Um, what what can I what can I say because there something something more could come out of this in the future and I don't want to prejudice and I don't want to jeopardize anything that I might have coming to me, uh, but mm-hmm. but it really made me put everything into perspective. It really made me look at what kind of person am I? What kind of person do I want to be? And how do I want to live the rest of my life? And because you never know. You never know when, hey, this could be the big one. This could be the one that keeps you from going home that night. And uh, I don't want to say any more, but the thing is that it really sort of made me appreciate you, Jason, and everybody else within the Fedora Chronicles family, everybody, all of our Metaphysical Connection listeners. And it was just as it was happening, just as this thing was happening, all I could think about was, What's going to happen to my wife and boys, and who's going to take care of the Fedora Chronicles and the Metaphysical Connection? I mean, as I saw my life flashing before my eyes. 
Well, it's nice to know that uh, the Fedora Chronicles fate places that highly in your in your thought process. But honestly, <laughs> from what I've from what I've known of you over the past twenty plus years, we're not really surprised. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just got this news item across the desk here, and I think our theme for the for the podcast is basically talking about government cover ups and conspiracies and how. The plutocrats and the techno uh, technocrats and all the other crats are sort of slowly taking over our lives. Um, oh, what the hell? What's this guy's name? The guy who took over um, uh, Apple, the CEO. I'm trying to look at up his uh, Tim something or other, right? Uh, so Timmy over at Apple here says that health is Apple's next really big thing talking about how they're going to try and monitor your health using Apple products. Um, and they just announced this brand new uh, product called the iSuppository, where they put, <laughs> they put a device up your, up your up anus, your and they monitor all of your, they monitor your <laughs> cholesterol, your health. Are you drinking too much caffeine? Are you drinking enough water? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Honestly, that would I I think that's a bullshit story, but I think that's hilarious. No, I, I just made the Apple doing it. I um, I just made up the, the I I made up the I suppository sitting here on the fly. I yeah. I own that. But this Tim Tim Cook says that in a CNBC interview that they are consume they are transforming consumer health and Apple's next really big thing. Now, I'm not sh- I I will be honest with you. I don't really know what it is. I think it might have something to do like a marriage with the iPhone and the iWatch and they have some technology that they're going to be releasing or revealing to the public sometime in the not too distant future. And of course you can't help but wonder is it going to be the eye suppository? I'm I'm joking about it now. Well, I know there's been a number of things like for example the the iWatch um one of the things that I've heard that they're looking into is Right now, the iWatch is just the watch itself, and then you can swap out the band, yes, and yes, like the frame around it, all that kind of stuff. One yeah. of the things that they're that, at, from what rumors that I have heard, is they're looking at on the band. Can they put in a sensor that will read your pulse? Because already they can do that. They, they can, can read do the that. pulse with the they way can. it is right now. But if they if they move the sensor, they're able to get more accurate and better information. And if it's if it's over where your pulse point is, they can possibly even get some information from the blood. Yeah, underneath yeah. underneath it. So, um, I mean, this is this is stuff that you and I grew up thinking was a tricorder in fucking Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Putting on a putting on a watch. So there's a lot that they can do with it, um, but to me, it's kind of like Alexa or Google Assistant. You know, I don't. The, this whole smart speaker thing. Yeah. There's there's a limitation, and, and I work in IT, and there's a limitation in my mind on how much I want IT being involved in my personal life. Now, I've mentioned before that, like, the Amazon Alexa and the Google Assistant, any smart speaker you have, if it's listening for any phrase you say, it's listening to every phrase you say. And you only have the company's word for it that 
they're not listening on everything you say and recording it because it's all in order for them to be able to activate when you say okay alexa or okay google they have to be listening for that first of all the the beginning phrase okay how many times do you say okay in a given conversation how many times have you said it in the last couple of minutes that's exactly. a, that's another by the way i just i i just uh, push this button and i turn this knob and all of a sudden my voice sounds a hell of a lot better i don't sound like i have a cold anymore i think somebody has been messing with my with my uh my mixing board while I'm away. It bothers me more than you can possibly imagine that there is there is a device that's going to monitor everything about you that's going to fit inside your pocket and everybody is going to want one. That's happening yeah. now. Everybody it's, it's, everybody knows everybody everybody attached to my phone. You can track my movements via my phone. That sounds great. Is this thing going to monitor if I'm having too much to drink that night or any night? Is it going to be able to tell if I'm stoned? Is it going to be able to tell that I'm incapacitated? And is this, is this device going to be able to, here's a leap, here's a leap of logic and, 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 and stick with me for this for a second. My if I had an iWatch, the iWatch would be attached to my phone. It's already paired with my, with my phone. And my phone is already paired with my car. Mm-hmm. Okay? In the not-too-distant future, my watch that's paired with my phone, that's paired with my car, is my car not going to be able to run because my watch is telling my phone to tell the car that I'm inebriated and I can't drive? That might be a good well, thing. That could be a good thing. It's all for the safety of the children, you understand. It's all for the children. The greater good. It's all for the kids. And I don't know. You ever seen Hot Fuzz? I have. Yeah. The greater good. <laughs> you know, it's all about, <laughs> and, and, but the thing, but oh, we have this technology that is going to be able to tell you, you can't do something because the, the watch and the phone that's paired with your car and, and it's paired with, uh, um, I, I'm just thinking about all the things I'm going through my mind, thinking about all the things that my phone is oh, paired oh, with. Oh, see, now you're, you're not thinking deep enough. Because Not yet. I was getting there. I was getting yeah, there. Your, Go ahead. Your watch is paired with your phone, which is paired with your car. Yeah. And they have smart refrigerators that monitor what food is in your refrigerator. They yeah. have toasters and coffee makers that will be able to sense when you wake up. Because what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? You turn off your alarm. What's your alarm? Probably on your phone. Yeah. So the alarm on your phone goes off. Your coffee maker starts up. Your your refrigerator knows how much food you have now on behind the scenes they also know your food preferences they know where you like to eat because of your yelp account and because when you're whenever you go somewhere your phone wants you to check in and say yes i actually went to mcdonald's today and it it monitors all of that now with all of that information they can send that back to your health insurance company to say yeah this guy's eating like shit and he's not doing anything for fucking exercise his entire refrigerator is filled with booze and uh, and just shit food, and so are his cabinets, because you check in at the grocery store when you go in, and all of that is also tied to every single thing you do online. They're just cookies that are being stored in your browser. But you know what you do on ninety percent of the browsers nowadays? You log in, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I'm using Google Chrome, and I've got my little icon in the corner showing that I'm logged in. That means Google knows what I search for, what I look up, the things that I'm doing online when I'm online. Yeah. And by the way, the Windows 10 operating system, also the 
iOS, uh, Apple operating systems, Mac OS X operating systems, are the browsers are tied to the operating system as well. They have ties into that, so they share information. So your operating system knows what it is you're doing. And if you're in the world of Apple, that means your Apple operating system, your phone, your watch, your therefore car, your smart speakers, your your smart um, refrigerator, your smart coffee maker, all of that shit is tied together. You know what that means? They know more about you than you do. The things you do subconsciously, yeah. the things you don't even think twice about when you're doing, all of that is being tracked. All of that is being monitored. And they can come up with a hyper-accurate profile of your behaviors. And they know what you do. They know what you say. They know what you're thinking, basically. Because... At some point, you tell people what you think. It's even wor it's even worse if you have a podcast because obviously you tell everybody you know what you're oh, thinking yeah. in a via a, a stream of consciousness. People know right? exactly and how I feel about X, Y, and Z. There's and how many and how many people send out emails through say use Gmail. Yeah. I use Gmail. I'm trying to move away from it, but unless I'm paying for it, I'm not going to move to another free platform because that means they're using my they're using my information for other shit, right? Yeah. Facebook, we already know Facebook is is letting private companies read your direct messages. We know that. Yeah. Email is a postcard. We always, you know, the images for email always put it in the icons seem to put it in an envelope. Truth is it's it's out there. Anyone that gathers that can read it. Same thing with any text messages you send. SMS text is not secured. It's just out there. You send it out there. They know what phone it came from. They know what what um, relays it bounced off of to get from point A to point yeah. B so they can track it all the way back to your point of origin. They know that you are sitting outside of, say, um, the supermarket when you sent this text at this time. Your phone was paired, paired with your car, so you were in the car when you sent that text. Yeah. Does New Does Massachusetts and New Hampshire have laws against texting while driving? Uh, I think I, Massachusetts does. I know Massachusetts does, but does New Hampshire? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. Utah does. You cannot text and drive. That's illegal. So they can all of that information they can find out. And by the way, the old saw where it takes some time to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Time measured in seconds. I think it's even shorter than seconds. Well, depending on what it is, the, to get your information, it's got a relay off of satellites and shit like that. So getting a, an accurate location will take two or three seconds. But everything else, you're talking milliseconds. Yeah. They can it, gather all of that information almost instantaneously. Listen, Jay. And there's a massive data center that's being that was built two or three, no, five years ago. They built a massive data center in Bluffdale, Utah, which is about... 45, 50 miles south of me is where they're storing some of that shit. It's an eight-story building, three times the size of a football field. Yeah. Six stories are underground. Yay! <laughs> you know, and, it, it's, and it's EMP secure. Oh, yeah. I know people that worked on the design of the building. It's a, it's a giant fucking Faraday cage. I don't doubt it, and I'm actually happy to hear that it is a giant Faraday cage. I'm not. I'd rather that shit gets destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I listen. If God forbid, if there is an EMP pulse, 
and all of that is destroyed and ruined, you know mm-hmm. that they're going to soak the tax payers to replace that. So at least I'm they happy soaked that, them to built it. <laughs> it soaked us I, to I don't want to get it. soaked twice. You know, that's all I care about. Um, well, so go ahead. No, it's the thing is, is that we, the most precious thing we have is who we are, right? Yeah. And who are you? You are a collection of basically data, if you want to put it in IT terms. Yeah. Right. You know, you have your body and all that other kind of shit, eh, whatever that does isn't worth as much money as the information that you generate that you create that is unique to you with that information they can then extrapolate other things like this person likes to eat these sorts of things so you know when those pop-up advertisements show up they're going to be showing up for things you really like yeah they're going to be showing up for things that appeal to you they know you tend to eat between four o'clock in the afternoon and six o'clock at night for example they'll Around three thirty, they'll start showing you advertisements about pizza. Yeah, if you like pizza, and be like, "Hey, you know, you can order pizza online." Well, now they know what your favorite pizza order is. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the things that we say are really convenient are actually making us less and less relevant, other than as a revenue source. And you know, back in the day, you know, with steampunk. And the, the the thoughts of like the mega corporations and yeah. stuff, shit like that. That's all happening right oh, now. Oh, it's it's insane how it's already happened. Yeah, um, I mean, look at the alliances between uh, Facebook and Comcast, and all of them. I mean, and Comcast owns pretty much any cable internet provider in the United States is owned by or an affiliate of Comcast. Because the other dirty little secret about the internet is the backbones. The internet. Oh, yes. The internet, as we've mentioned before, is far from free. So the internet backbones, there are literally giant fiber cables that are a foot to two foot in diameter that run from certain spots to other spots. And that's where the all of the data goes through. They have the ATM cables that run on the bottom of the ocean between continents and that's how we communicate and how we're able to look up shit and see information that's hosted in Europe or Africa or China or Australia is those ATM cables. Yeah. Those are all, those are all maintained and paid for by someone. I want to know if whether or not I have already mentioned this on this podcast or I've mentioned it on the Fedora Chronicles in an article that I've written already. 18 years ago, literally 18 years ago, and this also harkens back to another topic that we wanted to talk about. Um, I was working for a telecom company that was doing voice over internet. And for whatever reason, I think it was uh, late fall, early winter, um, I noticed that there were these um, uh, Ford Crown Victorias... um, that were parked and they had the blue, uh, blue plates with the white text U.S. government on them, and there were more than a couple of them. And I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of that was kind of weird. That was kind of odd. And they were all parked very conspicuously right next to each other, off to the side, away from all, where all the other employees were parking. And I was and I, and I just like talked to the receptionist. I said, "Oh, what's the U.S. government doing here today?" And she kind of like looked at me like, "Shh, shh keep it down, keep it down." And I'm like, seriously? And I didn't think much of it. 
And um, and then once in a while, I got these pieces of paper asking me to reroute traffic um, through, a, through a server or whatever. It made no sense. It made no economic sense. But just send this traffic over this server. And next day, I show same same cars that were parked in the same spot. And I kind of like looked at the receptionist and she kind of shrugged her shoulders because she knew that what I was going to say. And this went on for a couple of days. And I was um, having coffee with somebody who was working in the NOC, NOC. I don't know what NOC stands for. I don't know what the NOC... Network Operations Center. <laughs> well, look at hey, look who look who uh, had his Wheaties this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> look who worked in a fucking knock for twenty years. <laughs> I should hope you know what a knock is. <laughs> and I said, and I said, hey, what's going on? And he just said, these guys from the NSA are really scaring the fuck out of me. <laughs> I'm like, shit, should you have fucking said that? And he just like looked at me and he just like, he was like retired army. He spent like yeah. 20 years in the army and he was still relatively young. And I think we were about the same age. I'm not sure. Or he was a couple of years older than I was. He must have been only 10 years older than I was, I guess, at the time. And uh, I bet he's still 10 years older than me. And, um, and it's like he said, dude, I don't fucking care. This is some scary fucking shit. And it was like, and he said, don't tell anybody I said anything, but this is, this is fucking sketchy as hell. And, um, they, and apparently there was a terrorist attack. They, like, um, terrorists were going to try and blow up the Space Needle in Seattle, Washington. And these yep. guys who were like listening in on other people's conversations, that's how that they were able to stop them. Because they were able to, and it was like, am I going to have another knock on the door saying, oh, Eric, you're giving away state secrets again? Well, we know. We know they're doing it already. We know they're doing it, but at the same time, I personally know beyond a shadow of a doubt that between 2005 and 2007, uh, attempts, terrorists had attempted to bomb the, the, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yep. The Oakland Bay Bridge, the um, the Space Needle, as you mentioned, um, they there was an attempt to bomb the Jefferson Memorial in Washington D.C. There was an attempt to bomb the Golden Gate Bridge, and there was an attempt to bomb um, what the hell is the name of that bridge that goes? Um, it's in Chicago. I know what you mean. I can't think yeah. of it either. Thanks, Jay. Sorry, sorry. You know, <laughs> I, I apparently didn't finish my Wheaties this morning, but all of those attacks were thwarted between 2005 and 2007 because of things like that. Yeah. So, on the one hand, they're actually doing good shit with it by preventing all sorts of deaths. On the other hand, how much of our our privacy are we willing to sacrifice for security that is going to be circumvented? in just a matter of time. And it this all kind of ties into the the second amendment argument that's going on. Um the people that scare me the most are the ones that are like, you know, we need to trust the government. On the one hand, we 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 don't want any, just anyone having guns. We want the government and the police to have guns. And then in the next breath they'll bitch about how the cops are shooting all the black people for no reason whatsoever. I think that that's like, yeah. It, it's stupid. Is what it boils down it's to. It's bothersome. And, it's bothersome. 
Well, the truth of the matter is no one is responsible for my security except me. I am responsible for my own security. And to that extent, as many people as I elect to protect using my skills and whatever opportunities that I have to protect them. And, you know, that includes my family, my friends, neighbors. If something were to happen and the shit were to hit the fan, I'm, I have weapons and I will defend. I will defend my neighborhood. I will defend my friends, my family. That's an obligation that I take on myself. And that's what the second amendment is about is that ultimately what it boils down to is when they talk about the well-regulated militia, they don't mean that you and your friends get together on the weekends, go drink beer and go shooting. What they mean is someone comes into your neighborhood to do harm to, to your neighborhood, to your neighbors. You stand up and fucking defend them. That's what a militia does. So um, a lot of people forget that that's all part and parcel to that. The more security you give up, the more responsibility you abrogate and give up to the government, the less you can do for yourself. And we are becoming so dependent on these petty minor conveniences in our lives that I think we're, we're just giving up on a lot of our own sovereignty, our individual sovereignty as people. Um, with all of the data that we generate online, just doing what we do online, all of these companies know so much about us and they can extrapolate things. They know how to manipulate us. And if you, anyone who thinks that that's not happening, at least to some level, you have, you know, everything from the benign level of, oh, they're just targeting advertising more accurately all the way up to they're presenting media stories in this fashion to manipulate public perception. You know, you can go all the way up to the conspiracy theory level is in there where they're actually manipulating people and how they vote. All of that can be true. All of it is true to, to a greater or lesser extent. Yeah. And the more we give up, the more we allow the conveniences to subjugate us, I think the worse off we're going to be. Yeah. I totally agree. And so we're talking about – see, now it, it, this is what happens. We get off – the beaten path where you start talking about like conspiracies and stuff like that. And, you know, talking about how, you know, things are just, things are just like off the hook. Things are just like corporations are taking possession of our data in many, many shapes and forms. Like we, I think we were going to talk about how 23andMe has partnered with GlaxoSmithKline. We st we featured this story on the Metaphysical Connection Facebook group page. Um, the thing that is is striking is that they're going to be using your genetic information and other people's genetic information to try and tailor drugs for people with these genetic pre conditions or whatnot. You're volunteering this information because you want to know your ancestry, which I think is I think that that's fascinating. I'm afraid that the minute that I send off my 23 and me, I'm going to have Muller and Scully or Agent J and Agent M at my at my door, <laughs> you know. Yep. I don't know what's going to happen. And and, the, and and you hear you read these stories about how people who thought that they were the their kid their kid's father turns out that he's not the father. 
and and through these twenty three and Me tests and whatnot, and it's it, it's turning people's lives upside down in many different shapes and forms and whatever. And right. it was like, and the thing is, is it? Oh, it would be fun to know where I come from. I know where I came from. You know, I, I just sprang from the forehead of Zeus, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you didn't spring from his severed testicles, but um, <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> but the, the fascinating thing about that, to me anyway, is there are people out there who will say, "Well, what does it matter if they have my genetic record? What can they do with it?" They can deny you health care because you have a pre pre. That's it. That's exactly it. The government is increasingly getting more and more in charge of our health care. That's what. Yeah. The Affordable Care Act was about was to make the single payer, i.e., government funded healthcare system look very desirable. That's yeah. why it went through. That's why it was written the way it was written. That's why it's so fucking bloated and dense and just barely readable and understandable. Is our health care system perfect? Absolutely not. No. Would making it a single payer system fix anything? Absolutely not. It's still going to be fucked up and bloated, and it's still going to be overly expensive. And all of that information about us is now going to be under the domain of the government, and they're going to be able to do whatever they want, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And this is where, as a as politically speaking, I'm 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 much more of a libertarian now, and I question what I want the government to be able to do. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want the government to be able to tell businesses how to run their business. I don't want them telling them, dictating to them, you have to give people two weeks vacation every year if you have more than X number of employees. Well, what if my employees are, what if the business I run is I run a, a newspaper stand and the four employees that I have are all part-timers who work five hours a week. I've got to give them paid vacation. Yeah, it's because oh. that's that's something that um, the mayor of New York, whatever the fuck his name is, um, New York City is trying to push that through. That any business based out of New York City has to provide, if they have more than four employees, they have to provide two weeks paid vacation to their employees, regardless of whether they're full-time or part-time. Yeah, you well, know, they're and increasingly people are saying, well, minimum wage should be minimum living wage. It's never meant to be a minimum living wage. The minimum wage was meant to be that's the minimum wage where if you're paying somebody, we're going to start taxing the fuck out of you. That's what it is. Yeah, they call it all kinds of other things, but essentially what it boils down to is when people are making this much money, the government gets to start taking their share. Yeah, why does the government get to take your share? You know. I would much rather see I would much rather see us get rid of an income tax and institute a national sales tax as long as it's a reasonable sales tax because first of all the government's job is not to protect my ability to make income the government's job is to is to protect the ability of commerce to take place so it makes more sense that the government makes money off of the transactions i.e. the commerce that is taking place rather than the individual's ability to make an income. 
But it, 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 the income tax was never intended for that. The income tax was intended so they could find out who was making money illegally. As we're dealing with all kinds of things that are happening in the political arena, every time that they say, well, you know, we, we, we need safety and security, and people are saying, well, okay, I'll give up a little bit more of this right, and I'll give up a little bit of that right, and I'm, I'm willing to pay a couple more de- more dollars in taxes or fees and fines and whatever. And at the point where it's like you look at it, and it's like when you look at it, when you actually – when any couple looks at their budget and they get they, so many people are falling further and further behind in debt, a debt that they a lot of people say they just won't ever be able to pay off all of this debt. You realize that it's like we are really sort of becoming more slaves of the corporate corporatocracy you know with the marriage between the government and the corporations who are more in charge. I got done reading this book called America the Farewell Tour. Yeah, Chris Hedges wrote this book, um, um, America the Farewell Tour. And he makes this really powerful argument and he backs it up with data that he that he's found all over the place and the writings of other people on both sides of the aisle. And he I mean he lays down this very convincing argument, much just like Thomas Frank did in his book Listen Liberal, talking about how the government is not on your side. The government is not looking out for you. The government is looking at extracting as much um as much power and freedom and currency out of people that they can to keep everybody in line. It's like, well, why do this? Why are they doing this? It's all about money and power. And how, how much of the pie that they can control? How much of the resources could that they can control? And you look at all of these other programs and you look at the... You know, Apple is looking at a way to monitor your health for your convenience and and help you find a way to find cost um, find products that will help you extend your life and the quality of life that you that, that you have remaining, and and who's to we know for a fact, Jay, because we've talked about this in the future. Somehow, some way, the corporations volunteer the information to the government and other corporations. We know that for a fact. At what point are people going? You can't rely on the Republicans or the Democrats who are in office right now to say, "Hey, we think this is a bad idea. You shouldn't do this." Because who's paying for their campaigns? Right. The corporations. You have no right. say or power whatsoever. You cannot say to Apple, "I do not want you giving my health data to the government." You can't right. say to 23andMe, I don't want you giving my genetic information to GlaxoSmithKline. I don't want you doing that. They're going to do it anyway. Well, actually, who's stopping actually them? You can. Actually, you can. You don't buy Apple. You don't, go to, you <laughs> yes. don't use 23andMe. Yeah. Seriously, that's, that is your only recourse. Like Facebook, for example. Facebook, you <coughs> get that private direct messaging, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that information. Messenger. Out. How do you avoid that from happening? Stop fucking using it. Yeah. That's, that's that, really how you do it. It's easier said. Oh. I, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds easy, easier said than done because it's the one way that I, it's one thing that I use mm-hmm. to keep in touch with a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm, right. I have conversations with hatters all the time for the Fedora Chronicles. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I'm on Facebook all the time because there's some people in my life that that's the only way I can stay in contact with. Yeah. 
you know, so I'm, I'm constantly on Facebook. I don't send direct messages. I don't, there's anyone that I need to contact privately to discuss things. I have other ways of doing so that don't involve Facebook to do that. Yeah. Now here's the other concern. Google basically owns Android and Apple yeah. owns obviously the iPhones. Right. So who's to say that they're not monitoring your voice communications as well? You're using their networks, your your carrier, yeah. whether it's T-Mobile, AT&T, whoever the fuck is else is out there. You're using their networks. That means all traffic that's on it is available to them. And again, big old data center, Bluffdale, Utah, can store a lot of fucking data. Yeah. They can store a lot of data there. Now, is it cost effective for them to actively be monitoring all of those calls? No. Is it cost effective for them to be reading every single email? Absolutely not. Even with computers. I mean, we the the modern supercomputers are capable of doing insane calculations. But when you're talking about what we have 340 or 350 million people in the United States. Yeah. Like I think it's 360 million people. Yeah, three, who live, yeah. 360 million people. It's a good safe bet to say at least 300 million of them are actively using their phones or actively sending emails yeah. at any given moment. So who's even the supercomputers that we have can't monitor all of that. But you it's monitoring. But they are variable they, army. But they are looking for keywords and key phrases. Right. They're not reading everything, but they are looking for the keywords and key phrases. Now, here's the other thing. What if you're talking about a terrorist attack? That you know, a theoretical terrorist attack. Well, you're playing the game of what if. Yeah, on a podcast. <laughs> well, not just on a podcast. Just say you're talking with a friend because yeah. you and I will talk about it on a podcast. But the right. average listener out there isn't. And it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, well, they're on a podcast, so they're going to get, you know, they're going to be monitored more closely than I am. But in your conversations, you talk about terrorist attacks. Yeah. Uh, anytime you talk about terrorist attack, you're engaging in those keywords that they're looking for, those buzz oh, yeah. phrases that they're looking for. Those buzz phrases show up in everyday conversation. So now you're drawing attention to yourself. The more you talk about it, if you're politically aware, the more you're talking about politics, the more buzzwords you're using, the more you're being monitored. Yeah. It's a catch-22 because if you're if you're someone who's against all of this stuff, the more you're talking about it, the more you're being monitored. Yeah. Because yeah. nature of the beast. That's just how it happens. And that's, you know, so the people who talk about the least are the ones being monitored the least. And, you know, anytime, how many times do you talk to people about politics where you're, you're just like, do you even vote? Yeah. And they don't vote. Well, you know what? The people who don't vote probably don't talk about politics all that much. If they don't talk about politics. They're not being monitored as heavily as you and I are. Yeah. And you know, it, you does know, that mean we shouldn't talk politics? Well, I would think that it's you need to talk about politics now more than ever, knowing right. that our, our civil liberties are slowly being eroded. You know, they're not, well, they're not being eroded. We're giving them up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th no I think it's taking it, them from us. We are voting in the people that are taking them away from us. We are. How many articles do you see online where they're talking about curtailing the, the First Amendment? Oh, I'm sorry. They're talking about hate speech. Yeah. And it's what qualifies and what qualifies as hate speech? Right. And what you and I may define as hate speech, someone else doesn't. Someone else defines that as reasonable discourse. 
some people will define, I mean, you can still find articles out there that say that there is irrefutable proof that the only reason why um, Trump got elected is because everyone who voted for Trump is racist and doesn't like black people, which is funny to me because who was the black guy running against Trump? Because I could have sworn it was an old white woman, but apparently, you no, know, whatever. No, apparently not. I, I think, because I, I, I really wanted to avoid dipping into politics, but since you well, had already no, I'm, I'm, done that, there is, because, I mean, getting back to this book that I just finished reading, you know, um, there is this overwhelming evidence that people are being manipulated using social media. And everybody seems to gravitate towards their own echo chamber. And, mm-hmm. and every, everybody, everybody who is angry in the United States, we are all angry about the same thing. We have fewer and fewer economic opportunities to improve our lives. Yes, it, you know, the job market is definitely improving. Um, but we're also seeing stagnation in wages. We're seeing um, benefits being cut or eliminated you're seeing a lot of people who cannot get work otherwise do these join the gig economy like lyft and uber and Mm -hmm. you see these people who are just struggling just to get by you also see people who have just quit looking for a job altogether and just have just dropped out of the labor market altogether and that's it's that's frustrating and scary at the same time but the thing is is that you there is hardcore evidence that proves that two sides are being pitted against each other and you have antifa on on the on the far left who is preaching um basically preemptive violence against people that are so-called fascists you have people on the left who are preaching preemptive violent strikes against people on the far right. And you have people on the far right who are now talking about preemptive violent attacks against the the, the far left. You look at what's going on with France and how France has erupted into these horrible riots, especially in Paris, because they want to institute a, I think it's a, the equivalent of like what, maybe like $10 um, a, you know, a gallon uh, for the carbon tax in Paris, and the um, people in France are just freaking out over it. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're still rioting. I, it's, I mean, it's not in the news anymore. Um, and you look at how we are constantly being distracted, where there are these news stories, and that they dominate the news for a couple of days. And then those stories disappear, and you can forget about those. And then another outrage occurs, and that dominates the news. And then something else will happen, and we forget all these other big news stories that nobody's following anymore. Nobody nobody is talking about Fukushima anymore. Nobody is talking about the, uh, the, the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico anymore. What happened to those millions of barrels of oil that spilled out into the ocean? Nobody talks Actually, about that anymore, or do well, they? The B- well, the BP oil spill, 
is is not affecting anything anymore because there's microorganisms within the ocean that actually eat oil. Oil spontaneously spews from the crust in the bottom of the ocean all the time, and these microbacteria then migrate over to it, and they eat the oil, and they take care of it. It's funny how we the don't BP hear about oil that, oil spill, the, the environmental impact of the oil spill is actually from the cleanup efforts from it. Now, With all the disbursements different, that they spread. Right. Now, that's drastically different than an oil spill on the surface of the ocean because that microbacteria is deep water. It's not shallow yeah. water. So it won't go up to the surface. So like the Exxon Valdez that happened uh, <laughs> years ago. Um, just <laughs> you don't want to admit how old you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the Exxon Valdez, for example, had a much higher impact on the environment because those microbacteria were not available to do it. So it was the transport when it when the transport broke and the oil spilled on the surface, it's much more catastrophic to the environment and the, that environment is still recovering from it three decades later. Yeah. So, um, so that's why that we're not hearing about that in particular because, honestly, it's not hitting any of the right buzzwords. It's not hitting any of the right emotional key points for the people who determine what a news story is. Right. Like all of the... Uh, all of the, we don't we don't hear much about all of those immigrants that are still at the border trying to cross over in the United States illegally. We're not hearing much about it. Why are we not hearing much about it? Well, because right now the government's shut down. Why is the government shut down? Because we have children in charge, and they're both holding their breath, hoping the other one will will <laughs> give in. For it. I, it, you, it, that's the truth of it. You can blame Trump. Oh and yeah, be absolutely it, justified. You can blame the Democrats and be absolutely justified. But the yeah. truth of the matter is, they're both being children. You know, the, the Republicans and the Democrats are both holding their breath like infantile children and just being stupid about the whole thing. And in the meantime, the people we rely on are military, for example, the, the Coast Guard, for example, um, you know, law, federal law enforcement. The, the people who do the day-to-day -day work of the government that actually needs doing are not getting paid, while the people who are essentially celebrities and talking and talking heads are still getting paid because they make sure they took care of themselves more than they take care of anyone else. Yeah. The ones that are responsible for the shutdown, ironically, are the ones who are never going to be affected by it in terms of their pocketbook. So, you know, because that's happening, you're not going to hear about those other things. Well, the U.S. government's having a shutdown, so fuck France. Who gives a shit if they're having a Oh, yeah, exactly. The Louvre is going to be destroyed, and we're going to lose priceless, you know, artwork and in you know the history that's taking place out there did you know that there was um a number of people there was i think it was late last sorry. year um sorry i was, prep I I was prepping for our next story i'm sorry i was prepping for our next story go ahead no you're fine um there was last year i think it was there was defacing that was happening at um the war memorials world war ii memorials at normandy and various places in europe yeah, people were defacing them and destroying them. That was barely a blip on on our radar, right here in the states. But that's our history. Things that affect our history. It's like the Holocaust denier. That is more damaging to us as a people, as a society on the entire Earth, and not just the nation, but the global society of the Earth. Those things are more damaging to us than the fucking U.S. government being shut down for a month. But that's what. They want us to talk about they being the people who decide what the news is, what the news cycle is going to be covering. Because that's the other thing people forget. 
you can argue about which is better, Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever the fuck yeah. is out there. The truth of the matter is they're all reporting on the same stories and all you're hearing is different takes on the same On the story. same stories. I just want to interject here really quick, Jay, because sure. the thing is, is that there are news items. There are fresh news items as, as late as uh, 17 hours ago of this recording about the yellow vest protesters in France. These riots are still going on, but we're not hearing about it because of what's going on with the government shutdown. And I, and I just want to say this before we move on and talked about um, pre-Payton. Uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, Trump is not going to budge on the wall. Trump is not going to budge on the wall because that was his biggest campaign promise. Now, whatever the wall is, whether it's made out of concrete or steel, or it's a digital wall with um, increased border patrol tools and weapons and whatnot, Trump is not budging on the wall. He's going to get his, whatever the wall is. Yeah, whatever form it ends up taking. Whatever it's going to be, Trump is going to get his wall. And if not, he's not going, because the minute Trump gives up on his wall, that's when he's going to give up re-election in 2020. Mm -hmm. That's and that's it. That's the and that's the end of the story. He's he budges on this. He will lose all of his supporters, and he knows that. He's not yep. going to budge on this. And if he does oh, budge on this, and I promise you right now, if Donald Trump bails on his wall, if he caves on his wall. He will lose more than half of his supporters, and his supporters will stay home in November of, of 2020. And he knows that. that he's well, he's not the only one that knows that, too. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer know it, which is why they're being They want to destroy the Trump presidency. They want to destroy the Trump legacy. In spite of the fact that he's fulfilled more of his campaign promises than the last seven presidents yeah. combined— is really irrelevant because if his number one thing doesn't go through, he's going to go down in history as the man who shut down the government because he didn't get what he wanted, and they can spin that to make it look like he's being infantile. It's also it's also funny but how everybody. It's funny how we also like to forget all the other times the president has um, shut down the government because of their own pet projects as well. It's funny well, the how, Affordable Care Act was the last time the government was shut down because a president wanted to push through his pet project. It's funny how we how we. As a, a, a American as a populace, people. forget that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the government shutdown is a tool. It's a political yeah. tool to draw attention to. It's just like a protest. Protests never solve anything. All they do is draw attention to things. Yeah. And Martin Luther King understood that. And that's why he engaged the way he did with law enforcement, because his goal was to get arrested. Arrests mean stories, news stories. News coverage means you're getting a discussion that's happening. Yeah. So he was drawing attention to that. Now you've got these these idiots on both sides of the aisle who think if they go to a protest, they're accomplishing something when they're not. No, you're drawing attention to something so that something can be done about it. And this is no different for the government shutdown. The government shutdown is being used to draw attention to things. But the media is more focusing on who's doing the shutdown rather than why the shutdown is happening. And in the meantime, We've still got, what is it, 14,000 immigrants sitting at the fucking border. We've still got people bitching and complaining that, you know, children are being separated from their parents at the border, which has been happening for 20 fucking years, and yeah. including presidents on both sides. 
doing that. It's nothing has changed. It's just we don't like the current guy in charge, so we're going to blame him for doing it, and we're going to pretend like it. It's a new thing that he started and implemented. Yeah. So, it's it's all just it's all smoke and mirrors. It's, it's all the distractions. It's it's political theater. It really is. And in the meantime, we still got people that want to destroy our society because we're the great Satan. Moving, you know? moving on, Jay. <laughs> moving Speaking on. Speaking of wanting to destroy people, <laughs> so um, Jay and I were talking um, last week about because we were going to record this past Saturday, and something had come up, um, and um, we said that we were going to talk about, as a matter, yeah, we were going to talk about Bree Payton who is a 26-year-old conservative writer and commentator on Fox News and all of these other um, right-wing publications, organizations. And she had died, um, I don't want to say mysterious circumstances, because that, that buys into... Um, buys into all the crazy conspiracy theories and the people and the conspiracy theory deniers. Um, apparently she was, apparently she was an anti-vaxxer, which I don't know if that means anything because she, uh, she, what, what did she die of? The swine flu, Jay? Yeah, it was swine flu. H1S, uh, H1S1, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. She died. She was perfectly fine Thursday and by Saturday she was dead. And that's 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 a hell of an incubation period. That's pretty. That's pretty rapid. It's supposed to be from what? Let's see. I I did the research and I shit. I closed down the tab. Swine flu incubation period. Well, you're looking up that. The thing is, is that a lot of people have have attributed her being the one who had uncovered the information about these FBI agents who were under investigation and how their cell phones were reset to factory settings. She wasn't, apparently, she wasn't the first reporter to report on this, um, the story, but apparently she's one of the loudest. And a lot of people yeah. are saying that because that she was talking about the, 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 you know, the, the, the Trump investigation by what's-his-face, um, and she's been you know, talking constantly about how there's a cover-up within the FBI. And the FBI has been working extra hard to not indict Hillary from the email scandals and the server scandals of, of, of 2015 and 2016. People are trying to make the link between her being a, a, a loud advocate for digging more into the Clinton scandals. And they seem to think that that's what, that if she was killed, as it were, that's the reason why. And I have no idea what to say about that. And it, it, it does sort of smack of, I, what's, what's well, that? Well, this kid? is all fodder for a conspiracy theory, that's for sure. I it, mean, you've got, a, you've got a crusading reporter who's tied to two hot-button political issues. Yeah. Who dies of a known epidemic that but it took place in much less contract in a much more contracted time schedule than what we're used to swine flu is contagious for one day according to medicine net 
Swine flu is contagious for one day before symptoms develop until about five to seven days after it develops. And a person, it takes four to six days for them to come down with the symptom. But then, let's see, I'm on OHSU now. So you're looking at about a week. Yeah. You're looking at about a week. So she could have had it for 24 hours, which, by the way, those 24 hours were spent with her family, no one else of whom has any of the symptoms of sign flu. And then she was dead within 48 hours. Yeah. That is a hell of an incubation period. That would indicate that it was either tailored or it's not the swine flu and they're just that's just the story that's being put out. There's a so that's that's pure <laughs> that is conspiracy theory gold right there. Oh, it really is. I mean, the people thi- make movies about that shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I let's see. Um, I, the one story that I think that really sort of caught my attention was the one over at Collective Evolution, journalist who broke story of Mueller deleting text messages dies suddenly. Um. And you and and you read this, you you read the whole thing, and the thing is, is that she was the one who was screaming, probably one of the loudest. Um, about how during the Mueller probe, these cell phones were erased and reset. Um. I think here, here's the meat of where the conspiracy theorists are, are going uh, a little overboard. Or maybe not overboard enough. I don't know. Let's see what you think. DOJ destroyed missing Strott's page text messages before the IG could review them on December 13th, where, unlike the mainstream media, who later focused on the idea that there was, quote, no evidence, unquote, that these text messages were deliberately destroyed, Peyton leaned towards the conclusion that there was a there was criminal intent in these de- deletions, a notion supported by Donald Trump. And then she died suddenly in San Diego when she was 26. Um, and it was, and here's another paragraph. I think that it's, it's important for this distinction. I don't have any proof for the notion that Peyton was killed because she was going to disclose some kind of sensitive information against the deep state. However, it must be said that the cause and circumstances of her death are befuddling enough for one to consider such an idea. My only intention is to explain the facts and allow you to draw your own conclusions. Once again, this is from the website Collective Evolution. Why can I not get in? Uh, I'm looking for the author's name. That's the one thing I don't yeah. like is how, and this is a lengthy article. I guess it's like one of the main writer or the editor. Of, yeah, but you still should put the fucking name of the guy on put it. The, if you wrote something, put your name to it. That's right. Oh, here we go. Top of the screen. My fault. Uh, Rich, uh, Richard Enos. Okay. And, and he updated this story after it was published on January 20th. And it is a long read. It is, it is a long read. It's, like, it's, like, it's longer than my rant that I wrote trying to explain why Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, wasn't really all that bad that people made it out to be. <laughs> it, and, it, it, and you read this article, and, and, we're going, and this is going to be, this is 
uh, under the section of um, Brave Hayton, this is good. This is the top article that we're linking to. And I think that as a conspiracy, and I and I own this, Jay. I own the title <laughs> conspiracy theorist. I am a conspiracy theorist. I like to deal in conspiracy theories until they are conspiracy facts. I entertain them until they cross the line into the ridiculous. Like the flat earthers, I think they're the dumbest people on the planet, <laughs> literally. I think flat earthers are dumb. I think they're dumber than a box of rocks. I think they're painfully stupid, but I'm willing to listen to them and get little <laughs> bits and nuggets out of understanding how could they make those crazy conclusions. I am willing right. to admit, Jay, I am willing to admit that maybe what happened to Bree Payton is exactly what they said happened. Well, here's the thing. CNN has an article written yeah. on the 29th or published on the 29th of December that says she was following a CT scan and an extensive testing. She was diagnosed with H1N1 and meningitis. Okay. So, meningitis may possibly explain why the H1N1 spread as fast as she did. Yeah. As fast as it did. However, comma, again, she was with her family for like over Christmas before she died. Did anybody else? And no one else has the and was diagnosed with H1N1. Now you could argue that well if she had meningitis then you know her immune deficiency was or her, her immune system was weakened as a result so that she was more susceptible to it and everyone else just fought it off. You can make that argument and that is actually a very valid argument to make that doesn't still justify that you know she's dead. How did she get meningitis? She traveled a lot, but how did she get meningitis? How did she get H1N1? Those are things that we don't know. And I know I've seen on, I think it's on that article that you're talking about. Yeah. The family just wants to know how the hell this happened. How did she get it? How is it you that know, she got sick and they didn't? Right. So, you know, I get that. I understand that. Um, I would, if I was, if it was my daughter, I'd want the same thing. If it was my sister, oh, I'd want yeah. the same thing. Hell, if it was someone that I used to work with, I'd want the same, yeah. want to know the same thing. You know, it's just, this is prime real estate for a conspiracy theory. This this because is a breeding ground for conspiracy theory. Especially if she is an anti-vaxxer, and especially if she was the one that delved into that shit about the Mueller probe and the Mueller investigation. You know, I mean, it's, those are some hot button issues. And I mean, if you want to go full on conspiracy theorists, which the I always probe, do, well, the Mueller probe is tied to the Clintons. Yeah. Well, yes. And the Clintons are allegedly yep. tied to a lot of unexplained deaths. Like the guy who committed suicide by shooting himself in the Vin back of the head. Vince Foster. Yeah. Who shot himself in the back of the head with his gun that they never found because he hit it afterwards. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to be made out of this. And let's face it, the story isn't it's gone nowhere. Oh, that's right, the government shut down. Yeah. So So anyway. 
I, I don't know what to say about the, 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 that last story, whereas it is sort of like if you're a podcaster or you're a blogger, amateur reporter, whatever you want to call yourself, and you want to talk about all these crazy conspiracy theories, I can't help but feel a little strange. I can't help but feel a little concerned, a little worried for myself and my own safety. Because I like to talk about these things. These things are like, they are, it's fascinating to talk about government cover-ups, conspiracies. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, and, and with everything that we've read, everything that we've reported, I can totally admit, Jay, and I mean this, I totally understand why some people would be upset and angry with us with, with some of the things that we talk about. Because I don't think that, I don't care who's in charge of the government this week. Or if they're, you know, with everything that I have read, whether it's Jim Mars or Thomas Frank, um, this guy who just finished right, I just, I just, I cannot, I, Chris Hedges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just you know whether 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 it's Thomas Frank, Chris Hedges, any of these people who had said, "Listen, here, look, this is something that you have to get through your head. This is not a Republican issue. This isn't a Democrat issue. This yeah. is a this is the the deep state taking over the government, telling the government what it is that they need to do with the illusion of there being a battle between the Republicans and the Democrats." And the thing is, is that and I, I'm telling you right now, while we're talking about this, and we're talking about the government shutdown, they're going to use this as an excuse to pass through some executive orders to do whatever it is that they want to do anyway. Whatever the government's mm-hmm. going to, whatever the government wants, the government's going to find a way to do it, Jay. Oh, absolutely. They want to put. They they want to put surveillance bots in everybody's homes. They'll find a way to do it if they have to, if they want to. If they well, want, if they, if they you want, could argue they already have. They already have. They just made it convenient for you to have it in your home. And now, hey Alexa. Yeah, and on all my I, I, I wonder how many people who are listening to this on <laughs> how many people are Our, listening to this podcast through their speakers, and then their their Alexa perks up every once in a while. You know, Jay, you say that that name. <laughs> But the thing is, is that this this should make your blood run a little cold if you are somebody who likes to talk about these things on the internet. You mm-hmm. should be worried and concerned. That now, this is a this is a national reporter. This is someone who reports on the national level. Yeah. Her face, her name was seen on news reports at the national level. Some schmucks like you and I. If they really wanted to silence us, they could. They could. They could kill us in a couple of dozen ways, and no one would be the wiser. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I thought about, and this is this is a little weird speculation on on my part. How hard? How hard would it be for them to make me disappear Saturday night? If they were if they were keeping an eye on me. Well, hard, how hard would it be for for there to be, say, a mechanical failure in a car you're driving? Exactly. Right? So, so with that said, <laughs> with that said, that warm thought. <laughs> so it's been another great show, Jay. Don't mean to cut you off, but I know that we have a hard break in four yes. minutes. And uh, 
what, like I said, you know, keep, keep reading, keep listening and keep sharing. And if you see something, say something to your friends at the, at the, at the metaphysical connection, you know, <laughs> indeed, let us know, let us know. And I think that one of the things I'm, I'm going to actually start a thread by the time listeners hear this, um, I'm going to start a thread and I'm going to ask you folks on our metaphysical connection group page on Facebook. Ironically, we're still using Facebook. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this Brie Payton story? And and um, you read the articles and you tell us what you think. And if we're missing something, let us know. Because um, we're I'm dying to know what our, our listeners think. Jay, do you have any final last words? No, not really. I mean, we kind of covered a lot of ground today and... To be honest, I just, I hope everyone just starts thinking more in terms of what can you do to help out your friends and your neighbors and because that's going to make a more lasting difference in life than us talking about conspiracy theories and shit we can't change anyway. That doesn't mean stop listening to the podcast, though. <laughs> oh, no, no. Let us talk about it and tune in for entertainment purposes by <laughs> yeah. all means. Yeah. But, you know, after you're done listening to the podcast... Go outside, see what your neighbor's doing. See if they need help. There's something you can do to, to, to make their lives easier. Pay it forward. All right, Jay. It always comes back. All right, Jay. I will talk to you later. And Tom, thanks for hanging in there. No problem. Thanks a lot, Eric. Talk to you soon. Bye, pal. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find jazz-era counterculture, vintage threads, lost history, conspiracies, the paranormal, and space news. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups The Metaphysical Connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, Fedora on. <laughs>